Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions. Connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs, across the world or across town. And now, the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. Did you hear those words? Across the world? God is working uh, in so many places. And here in America, we love our nation. And I'm one of them. I'm patriot. But listen, God's at work in many, many places. And uh, one of those places is an area that we're going to talk about today with our guest. We're looking forward to that. But Nathan, we're hearing that a lot of work is being done. God's doing a lot of work in Africa. We know about that. We've heard about that. But also in Europe, we're hearing some, you know, some rumblings of God's work there. But in a area, do you call it the 1040 window? Uh, what an opportunity for God to work. That is an area that kind of we need to look at and put it on our maps, on our globes, and pray for it in a, such a way because so many people and so many unpe- unreached people groups, that's where they live, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, if you were to um, spread out a, a map of the world and kind of uh, shade uh, certain places and call them like hot spots of mission activity as far as where the greatest need might need to be, what might be where the greatest focus probably should be, but where the least amount of focus currently is. Um, you know, you would probably paint over the uh, 1040 window in the center of that where, you know, where we really desperately want to see God work and move is is south asia there's so many people in south asia who um are just point blank far from god um and simply from the fact that not enough people have gone to share with them the good news of jesus um and so that's that's kind of where we're focused on uh, in our conversation today it is, and we have a guest who's been with us uh, more than one or two times, and I try to get him on as often as I can without it being uh, repetitive. And so we have Maurice Singh with us today, and Maurice has been with us. If you were to go to AFR.net and you know go up to podcast and press that and then go down to Exploring Missions and investigate of the different times we've in, we've interviewed Maurice several times, but the reason we keep you updated is because uh, there's a new area of ministry that Maurice is looking onto, and what's been happening. It's been very difficult the last two to three years because of what we call the pandemic and the shutdown, and uh, it's caused issues with the ministry that Maurice is involved in. So, Maurice, welcome back to Exploring Missions, brother. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be here. And uh, Maurice is just one of the greatest men I've ever had the privilege of knowing, and I know his family. But you guys have launched out in a new area a little bit, doing the same thing, but maybe a little bit different avenue. And tell us a little bit about 
the name and the website. We want to get that on at least two or three times so people can look that up. Sure. Uh, we have uh, launched in a new direction. The ministry has not changed, but uh, we in the United States, we uh, have registered our ministry uh, in the United States as Look Unto Jesus Ministries International. Uh, all these years, people were connecting with us through others, through other churches and through other organizations. And one of the things that people were wanting was to be able to directly connect with us and work with us and have a direct access. And we felt like the Lord was leading us to launch Look Unto Jesus Ministries International here in the United States. And uh, we're located right here in Mississippi. But uh, it is just a ministry that exists here to continue to amplify the work that is going on in India. Uh, Our website uh, has more information about it. It is www.mc.org. L-U-J-M.org. L-U-J-M. Okay. Go ahead, Nathan. Yeah, just uh, curious. Um, so the international, adding the, the name international um, to, to look unto Jesus International Ministries, um, you've technically been international for the last few years in the sense that you've been here in the U.S., uh, not able to get back uh, home to India, um, and so can you in the in that time, and even a lot lately, um, can you describe and tell us a little bit about the work that you've done here locally in in the U.S. Sure, um, we're grateful that God has used us even during our time here. Uh, when we came to the United States, it was literally before the pandemic began. And so it caused a few complications and uh, delayed our return back home. And therefore, even during our time here, the Lord has been gracious. And uh, we've had the opportunities to go to several churches and connect with a lot of people. And also, Uh, to minister to people while we're here, Uh, and so we're grateful for that. Uh, At the same time, the last three years uh, with the pandemic going on, it has given us an expanded vision of what is happening on both sides of the world Uh, because uh, the way India reacted to the pandemic and the way the United States dealt with it was completely different, and even in the Christian point of view. And so uh, it has been a unique opportunity for us. Even during our time here, we've had the opportunities to connect with pastors here and uh, minister to them because some of the things that even pastors are beginning to face here is new to them in terms of challenges and things like that uh, compared to in India. It is something that we have been dealing with all our lives. And so I'm grateful to have the opportunity to be able to connect even with pastors here and uh, to pour into them and to possibly guide them into how the Lord has led us in times of challenges and opposition. And when he says we, let me just update you on what we is consist of. Uh, Maurice's wife, Stacy, and they have two beautiful children, by the way. 
And uh, again, thank God for them. But his mom and his sister are always and still involved in the ministry. His mom, Helen, started this ministry back in the 70s. Is that right? It was in 1976. 1976. As she was in India going to college, and she would see the children on the streets, and God just burdened her heart for those children. And we'll get to that story. But uh, Helen and Hannah came over because they wanted to visit uh, Maurice and Stacy, who was giving birth to their first child, and Helen wanted to come over and be there for her first grandchild, but that's when the pandemic and the shutdown happened. In place of two months here, they've had three years here, but they're getting ready to head back to India within just a little bit of time, right? Yes. Uh, uh, they're going to be heading back in on the 20th of March, and... Uh, Soon after that, uh, myself and my family will follow them and head back to India. So, Nathan, uh, I want him to share that, but it's kind of like the the India that they knew when they left. Several changes has taken place. Uh, More difficulty, more persecution. Maurice, would you share with that? We want if. Here, when I do exploring the word, when we have prayer requests, I always say, write this name down and pray for them. So write down the Singh family, S-I-N-G-H, and pray for them, continual, not just 24 hours, but put them on your prayer list daily and pray for them. Look unto Jesus Ministries, and uh, we want to do that, and we'll tell you how you can be a part of of not just praying for them, but helping them financially as well. But go through what's taken place there in India in the last two to three years. Difficulties sure. there. Sure. As I mentioned earlier, India responded to the pandemic in a completely different way. And uh, I say that from a cultural point of view and even a religious point of view. It was interesting to see some of the things that happened there during the pandemic in a land where um, uh, where the re- the primary religion is a polytheistic religion. And so, you know, w- one of the ways that people responded to it was um, uh, a lot of them resorted to human sacrifice to try to appease the gods so that uh, the pandemic would go away. And there were several incidents of uh, human sacrifice that took place. And another thing that happened was a lot of people, especially Christian communities, uh, disappeared during the pandemic. And uh, there are various speculations about what happened. We don't know specifically, but it was very interesting to see and sad to see that uh, many isolated Christian communities Uh, disappeared uh, during this time. But at the same time, the last three years have been difficult for Christian ministries in India. It is estimated in the last two years, over 5,000 Christian ministries and organizations have been shut down. And uh, the government has been very hard and very harsh. And uh, you may have seen... Uh, news about it here and there when some of the bigger organizations were affected by it. For example, I think uh, Mother Teresa's ministry was affected by it as well. The government has been trying to pull out the license for a lot of organizations 
to, so that they would not function in India. And so the challenge has been immense. And uh, a lot of the persecution that has happened in the recent past has been state-sponsored. Uh, and um, uh, there, were, there are many churches that have been and still continue to be demolished. Just uh, to give you an idea, around our children's home in India, uh, in about a 20-30 mile radius, there has been about 18 churches that has been demolished with police protection. So where do people go for justice or where do people go for help? And uh, the pastors have been beaten up. There have been several occasions, even with our own church members, uh, when they were having a prayer in their own home with family, uh, there have been people that have broken into their homes and beaten them up uh, for uh, having prayer in their own home with their own families. And pastors are being constantly threatened. Uh, uh, just to give you an example, this past Christmas, pastors, our pastors were threatened constantly. Uh, the government wanting to know what we're planning to do and how we're planning to do it and how many people we're going to tell about Jesus and if we're going to try to uh, ask them to convert to Christianity and things like that. And so the pastors have had a huge challenge. Uh, about eight months ago, one of our own pastor was beaten to death while he was uh, conducting a house prayer meeting in one of the believers' home. A group of men barged into the home and literally beat him down with iron rods, and he passed away. And so it has been very different. I, I grew up in the midst of persecution all my life. The persecution that we experienced when I grew up was uh, isolated persecution by radical groups, but the persecution that many Christians face these days is state-sponsored, and um, they're doing it all. Uh, Nathan, when I hear this, uh, you remember what I said when Helen and Hannah and uh, Maurice and Stacy left, it was difficult, but now they're going back, it even seems more difficult. So, you know, our prayers really need to bombard heaven for them, for their safety, for their ministry. And and that's why we wanted Maurice on today, Nathan. Yeah, so Maurice, um, in follow-up to that, um, do you anticipate um, an increase in persecution that you and your family might experience in the ministry that you're involved in? Um, and if so, how are you guys preparing? Um, maybe spiritually, how do you prepare for, for that? Well, um, that's a good question. Um, yes, we do anticipate a lot of things to be different, and uh, we do anticipate the challenges to be greater. Uh, and we believe... Uh, some of the freedoms that we experienced even three years ago may not exist when we head back. And uh, at the same time, we know that there is a possibility because with some of the things that have happened uh, in the last three years, it's definitely a possibility that it's going to be worse. But how do we prepare for that? Um, 
First of all, you know, we prepare ourselves by reminding ourselves of God's faithfulness. And, uh, you know, we are alive today as a family, not because of our own strength or our wisdom. It is God's grace and it is his protection that has protected us. I'm here today on this radio show today because of God's faithfulness. Even as I grew up, there were several times where people tried to uh, get me and my sister, uh, my sibling, so that they could end the Christian generation to continue with my family. But it's God's faithfulness that keeps us going. Having said that, the only way you prepare for anything, I believe, is just be in the Word and pray. And God knows what to do, how to do, when to do, and He always does. And uh, He gives us the strength and wisdom in supernatural ways when needed in difficult times. And he is, His hand has always protected us. And so we are just, uh, when the human side of doubt creeps in, we constantly remind ourselves of God's faithfulness in the past. And that's what helps us to look forward to the future. You're listening to Exploring Missions, Bert and Nathan Harper. We are co-hosts. We come to you every weekend, and we try to update you on what God is up to. And today we're talking to Maurice Singh. He's with Look Unto Jesus Ministries International. It's a ministry that has a children's home there in What's the name of the city there in India? In the city of Bangalore. And Bangalore, if you look south, it's in the southern part of India. And they also do training, pastors training and helping them. And and I want you to tell the story, two stories real quick. One about the young girl that was trafficked and she was rescued and now she has daughters and you know, and I want you to share that story. This is the ministry that you can be a part of when you pray for for Look Unto Jesus Ministries International or if you financially support them. This is an, a story of, of what a difference this makes. Sure. Um, about many years ago, um, a mother that lived in poverty sold her daughter, an eight-year-old daughter, into trafficking because of poverty. And when this girl was sold, they transported her into a different city in, uh, towards the northern part of India called Mumbai. When she was transported there, she was kept there in captivity. And uh, as you can imagine, she went through horrible things in the hands of evil men. And she had been kept there for captivity for a long time. Every day, this young eight-year-old would try to think of ways how she could run away from this horrible life. Time went by, she just could not do it. Every day she would try to think of a way, but she just could not do it. As time went by, she had been there for a few years now, she began thinking, realizing that a lot of the men in this building uh, are alcoholics. They get drunk at nighttime. And she decided that the best time for her to escape would be when all these men are intoxicated and it would be in the middle of the night for her to escape. So one day she gathers her courage and strength 
as a young preteen, uh, she escapes that building while all of them were drunk. And once she got out of that building, she was so happy and she began running as fast as she could and as far as she could. She ran and ran and ran. She wanted to get away from her captors. Eventually, she comes across a train that was stopped on the tracks. And so she thinks if she can jump on that train, maybe she can go as far as possible from her captors. And so she does jump on that train and she gets on there and she hides under a seat in that train and she was hiding there for three days just so that she thought she could get as far as possible from her captors. After about three days, she thought it was far enough and she was beginning to get hungry and tired as well. So she get <clears throat> gets out of there <clears throat> and uh, she uh, gets out of the train and she's in a new city not knowing where she is new language, everything. And then while she's looking for food at the train station, she comes across my mom and my dad. And after hearing her story, uh, my mom and dad bring her home and they give her new clothes and hot food. And my mom kept her by her side the whole time, trying to love on her and uh, show her the love of Jesus Christ. It takes some time for children like these to recover from the trauma that they've been through. Eventually, she began getting used to my mom and dad, and she began hearing the good news of Jesus and the love of Jesus through them and began experiencing that through them. And eventually, she surrendered her life to Christ. And so my mom asked her, what do you want to do? You know, you're a young teenage girl now. What do you want to do with your life? And when she asked her that, her response was, I want to go to a Bible school, learn more about this Jesus, and I want to go back to my mom and my community and tell them about the love of Jesus that rescued me. My parents took her to so many Bible schools, they would not accept her because she had no education at all. And eventually, one place accepted her based on her testimony. She studied in that Bible school and graduated from there. When she graduated, she got on a bicycle with a Bible in her hand, and she went to her community, to her mother first, and shared about the love of Jesus that rescued her. And her mother became a believer through her testimony. And her relatives began hearing her story, and they became believers. And today, her entire community <laughs> is Christian just because of this young girl. Her name is Bagya. And... Uh, the Lord is continuing to do great things in her life. Uh, she eventually got married, and she has two daughters. Her older daughter is back in the same Bible school that she studied as a Greek professor. <laughs> and uh, her younger daughter is a nurse uh, at the Baptist Hospital. But 
even though their family has grown and a lot has changed, Bhagya continues to go on a bicycle every day, even at this age, with a Bible in her hand, telling people about Jesus. Amen. Nathan, I love that story. And guess what they're still doing? They're still rescuing those children and yeah. bringing them into that home. That's the difference yeah. Christ can make. Amen. Maurice, can you quickly just summarize some of the work that you and your family will be continuing to do as you uh, return to India? What, what, When we think of Look Unto Jesus Ministries, what are those ministries that you guys are involved in? Well, primarily, uh, we will continue to rescue children just as Bhagya. Uh, every child has his or her unique story. Most of the children are rescued from poverty, uh, either f- from trafficking or before being trafficked or in the process of being trafficked. And so we will continue to rescue these children. And so one of the things that we do is we bring them when we're able to financially uh, keep them in our home and care for them. Uh, as you can imagine, it is estimated our city alone, Bangalore, has. it's estimated that they have over one million children on the streets. So we can't bring them all in. So one of the things that we also do, along with rescuing children and bringing them to our home, with the children that we cannot rescue, we have a feeding program. And so we go and feed the children on the streets into these communities in the rural areas because it is crazy what children are taken advantage of just because they're hungry. Uh, The children are hungry and the evil people will take advantage of them. So our goal is if we're not able to bring them in to at least feed them so that they will not be vulnerable to things that they're not uh, supposed to get into. Uh, Along with that, another thing that uh, we will continue to do is uh, to train pastors and church leaders. Uh, My biggest burden is to reach the unreached communities, unengaged communities in India. It is estimated that there are over 2,300 people groups that have never heard the gospel. And I have a burden that the Lord would use me to create at least one disciple to go into each of these communities. And so uh, we will continue to train pastors and church leaders to go into these communities. Um, When I hear that, continue doing it, even while they've been here because unable to get to India, the ministry has continued. But with Helen and Hannah going back and then then Maurice and Stacy going back, it will enhance it and help it. The, the way you can reach and know more about looking to Jesus Ministries International is their website, which is what, Maurice? L-U-J-M.org. And you can pray for them and then you can support them to see all that God can do. And he is using them. And they're going back when they could have peace and safety here. They're going back to cause of Jesus calling. Nathan, praise God for the seeing family. Amen. Maurice, we're praying for you and your family that God will protect you, but that he will use you uh, even more than he's used you in the past. 
Uh, God bless you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. Be on mission for God. Thank you.